ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Relationships Rule, the podcast where I talk to lots of different people about their take on business relationships and the, and the importance of relationship marketing in business. My guest today is Jordan Kipnis. Jordan is, I would say, in my um, uh, timeline, a young entrepreneur. All right. And I've known Jordan and his family for a while, and I know he comes from an entrepreneur background. And I think that that probably will have some um, conversation around that because um, I think that that rules some things that people do. I don't know. I just do. Anyway, um, Jordan was born in Richmond, B.C., Canada. He attended Simon Fraser University for business. And what I love is in his bio, he shared with me that originally he went to school for accounting, but switched into entrepreneurship the second he got a taste for it when joining Student Works Painting. Now, um, I don't even remember that way back they even had an entrepreneur program, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit too. So that's kind of cool. And uh, Jordan ran a Student Works Painting franchise for eight summers and then moved up the ladder. He became a coach as a district manager for uh, British Columbia, which later evolved into managing people across three provinces and finally becoming one of two vice presidents for the organization, which he still is now. And I think one of the two people that really run the, run the program. On top of that, he, business, he does business coaching for others and co-owns a custom clothing company focusing on suits, shirts, and coats called Bespoke Made Suits. And that in itself shows that Jordan definitely is an entrepreneur. So welcome to the program, Jordan. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, there's so many things in just your bio that, that made me excited to want to ask you. And I, again, I think I want to start first by saying, was the entrepreneur program at, at Simon Fraser University, was it new or had it been there for a while? Yeah, they they had, it wasn't called entrepreneurship at the beginning. It was like a managing or management program. And then they they switched it into entrepreneurship. Uh, and when I was probably in my second or third year, just like at the time it had switched to the BD School of Business. Yeah. And and that's when I uh, kind of saw obviously what I was doing and and, and saw kind of the, the uh, overlay of, of what I wanted to do, you know, and, uh, and my actual first business coach in student works, he had a degree in entrepreneurship from the University of Victoria, because I think it was there before it was at SFU. And yeah. I, it was really neat. Yes, because it was so like overdue. Like, I, I think it, I, I recall that it took, I think the first one was at Harvard, maybe or something, but it was not that long ago in the big scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And so, so exciting that people get to learn how to run their own business young in, at a young age because I was a teacher and then I was a corporate trainer and which is still teaching and and I was uh, you know squeezed out of corporate 
and didn't know, didn't want to go back to a job, but I didn't know how to run a business. I had to kind of learn it all myself. And it wasn't easy when you didn't have, you know, the, the, um, the background in business. So I, I totally think that was well worth. Now, student works painting. Student works painting. I remember the, the, the boys and girls that used to knock on the door when we lived in our house. You need your house painted this summer. And they were either student works or another com competitor of yours because there was a lot of them happening. Is it still or is it still today as viable as it was or is it more so? It is. Yeah. I mean, we, we do the door-to-door -door marketing. It, it probably brings in about between 30 and 40% of our business. Um, you know, there's obviously a, a number of other traditional or, or, or untraditional ways of marketing that we do. Um, but, you know, I think cold calling in any business is just so effective, you know, to just be in front of people, learn your pitch, um, you know, get people slamming doors in front of you, builds character. Uh, so it's not just about getting the results. It's about just kind of helping you with that growth and, and, and really getting comfortable um, selling uh, and just kind of being out there, but, but seeing uh, the direct kind of re results that come from just putting in that kind of effort is, is huge, you know, to know that you went out and you got a lead and then turned that into like done business, uh, you know, or a done deal that's uh, super powerful and impactful. Okay, so just hearing that though makes me shudder because you know the today it's all about leveraging your time. And um, if it's my first year as a student works painter or franchisee or or um, manager, yeah, operator, or franchisee. operator. Okay, then I don't have necessarily. I'm sure you don't give them the referrals from last year or anything like that. Or do you? We do. I mean, it's a franchise. So one of the, the perks to coming into, you know, a franchise is leveraging kind of the, the history. Oh, okay. And, okay. And, uh, so yeah, we give them past client lists. and, and Okay. But on top oh. of that, we know that they need new, fresh right. leads. Right. Okay. But, I, you know, I still think the leverage is best when you, you get a warm lead, you know, and you, and you move through that. And especially today, because a lot of people, they don't answer their phone and they don't answer the door, you know, like, so it's difficult. Depends on the, on the, uh, on the neighborhood, I guess. I always remember uh, one of my mentors in um, network marketing. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. His name is Todd Falcone and Todd has got the gift of the gab, but Todd, said that he learned how to sell by going door to door. And this is like 25, 30 years ago. And he learned from the guy in the company. Uh, I don't know if it was vacuum cleaners or copy. I don't know, something like that. But he learned from a guy who was doing it well. But this guy didn't speak English. He only spoke Spanish. So Todd memorized his spiel in Spanish and followed him and and started the success and the door doors being slammed in his face but he was determined and so i guess where there's a will there's there's a way right um okay so um i was thinking you know what do you look for because you're in a position where you're managing the managers now the, the franchisees and so on but you are your hiring practices and you probably teach the franchise owners, how to hire their people. So what do you teach them to look for in a good hiree? Like, what are the things that, because you, you can't teach some of it, right? So you can teach people how to paint, but you can't necessarily teach them how to be 
extroverted, for example. So, totally. yeah. So talk to me about that, how, what you teach them or what you're looking for. It really is just, you know, we're, we're looking for people. I mean, again, if I'm looking for franchise owners or they're looking for painters, it's, it's people with a good attitude. Um, you know, we're, we're very big on mm. setting. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that's really helped us, you know, led us to a lot of success is just really setting expectations with people on what roles look like, what's expected from them, the pros and cons, you know, just the general awareness of everything. And once people are, you know, cause we're not, we're not selling them or suckering them into anything. It's just a, an honest conversation. And if it's a good fit, then it makes sense. And then, you know, we can work together on making you great at the role as opposed to trying to just get you in and then hopefully you'll figure it out, right? So it goes on both ways with, with the painters and the franchise owners. You know, I think we have a very solid and strong training, you know, program and, and process. So we don't need to have people, because this whole, this whole entire business is, is a program to, to teach young entrepreneurs how to be entrepreneurs. I know, I love it. Love it. A lot of people, you know, they don't come into it being an entrepreneur, just like I didn't at the time thinking that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, people often fall in love with it, but because the, the training is so strong and, and we have such a, a strong culture around entrepreneurship, um, it, we can really have a wide kind of, we, we really can take a, a wide group of people into the program. But the biggest thing is just as long as they want to be here, they will do well, right? They have to buy in. Right. So, so I wrote down competition or collaboration so what would you pick there and do you teach either of those things in in essence to you know make these students become entrepreneurs yeah well, I you think, don't make them i don't that's the wrong yeah. term but i mean you know like because you're going to have some fallout it's not for me once they get uh, in 100 percent, yeah and i mean we're we're big you know our entire business is built around the results economy like most entrepreneurs you know you get what you put in and and, and right. you're you know, the, the, the ceiling, there's no ceiling, right? The, the sky's right. the limit on, on success. And some people just run with that. And some people, it's just such a shock to their system. And, you know, whether that's just the way they were raised or what they've learned or heard or seen on TV or whatnot, it's just too much for them. And, and we try to break down those barriers and, and, and open their minds to it, but it doesn't always work. Um, but then on the flip side, some people just eat it up. And, and uh, yeah, obviously we really focus on a lot of mindset stuff and really try to help people understand that there is yeah competition and, and and sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it, it's unhealthy um you know we really want to help people navigate through that because uh, especially working with young people this is maybe the first kind of entrepreneurial endeavor that they they've joined and uh, it can be a lot yeah for sure so do you find that has anyone done a study of like the kinds of students that come to um to student works painting, do they come from traditionally um, a, you know, a certain socioeconomic bracket, a certain type of parent, you know, that, uh, you know, um, government workers versus entrepreneur, you know, the quadrants, you know, yeah. in, in rich dad, poor dad, if you've, if you know that what I'm talking about. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. And that's, I think one of the things that just really gets me excited about it is that I mean, entrepreneurship, it's, it's for anyone, you know, whether, you know, and we have such a wide mix because we predominantly, because of just the nature of the seasonality to our business, it, it traditionally follows, um, you know, we're, we're working predominantly in the summer, which is traditionally people who are in school. You don't have to be a student to do this, but they happen to be in school because they only need to earn money and can work for the, you know, the summer months. Um, but we take and, and work with anyone um, that essentially has a driver's license and wants to be here. 
and we get people that are immigrants to the country, you know, international students, male, female, people in first year, uh, people that are in their fifth or sixth year of university, some are business students, some are engineers, some are teachers and doctors and lawyers. Uh, so it's wow. such a wide mix. And then we get the people that come from, you know, backgrounds with entrepreneurs in them that sometimes I think it's just maybe a little bit of a quicker, you know, they get through the learning curve a little bit smoother because they're just familiar with that entrepreneurial background, just like myself with my, my, my parents. Um, but then we get others that I think come from just either, you know, blue collar, white collar families, but then they see stuff on the internet and they see entrepreneurship being popular or they watch Shark Tank and Dragon's Den and they, they want to, to have more in life and they just latch on to what we're kind of explaining to them. And it's maybe very different from what they, they were raised on. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, they see the value. So it's, uh, it's really fascinating that anyone can do well at this. And we do have just a wide mix. So it, it's really nice that when we're doing our recruiting, um, we, we're looking for everyone, <laughs> you know, any, any, anyone that wants to do this, you know, again, with the right attitude, they're going to they're gonna perform, they're going to do well. And it's, uh, it's life-changing for a lot of them, which is really, really cool to be a part of. That's, that's an interesting piece too, is that it can be life-changing. And I, I, I can see that because I, I think of a couple of people that I know one, in fact, that you and I talked about before that, you know, didn't come from a great background. He, um, he was in a different company to you, but he, he learned personal development through his association first with, um, a painting company. And then I think through a personal development company that he was involved with, but that having that attitude and learning that positive mindset, I think is way more important than anything else, because that's, what's going to take you to the next level. Yeah. yeah. So do you remember learning it or do you remember always having it? Ooh, that's a good question. I, uh, I think I definitely, I know a lot more and this is, year, I'm going into year 15. So it, it's hard to, to oh, go. You're old now. I, yeah, get, getting there. Um, <laughs> I think I'm like the third or fourth oldest person in the whole company. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, I, um, I, I think I came in maybe a little bit naive just because my, my parents, my dad, you know, ran his own business and, and I kind of just thought like, oh, this is how it is. Um, but I definitely over the years, you know, I'm a pretty positive person, but I definitely think over the years I, I became quite a bit more and I have a very positive outlook on things. And I, I try to really share that with everyone in the company. Uh, and we're really trying to push that as, as more of like the culture, uh, because when you are surrounded by super positive and ambitious and like-minded people, you just thrive, you know, you thrive together uh, and it's, it's really exciting and it's easier to kind of be picked up when, when things aren't going well. Of course. Uh, Do you find like um, when, Teachers who have taught for quite a long time, um, they, they come to a crossroads, or at least they used to, where it's, do they go into management, that is, administration, or do they stay in the classroom and, and, and gain things in, in other ways? And I remember my husband, who was a teacher, me pushing him and wanting him to go into administration, but it wasn't his nature. He didn't want to do it. He tried, he did a little bit of it um, because he got an opportunity to be that extra administrator one year at the school, but he missed being with the kids. So as a vice president, do you still get to be with the people, with the kids? Do you get to get your hands in there still? And, and if not, do you miss it? 
We do. Yeah, no, it, it's great. Uh, one of the things that we've kind of always pushed is that no matter what, um, you know, you're, you're still always working with franchise operators. So, you know, when I was just a district manager, I was working with between 25 and 28. Now as a vice president this past year, I worked with uh, 10. Next year, I'll be working with eight. Uh, so that I have time to work with the other district managers and the other vice president. So I'm still working with, you know, a handful of franchisees. And that's just so that as we're implementing changes in our systems, like we're sure. constantly growing, we get to see firsthand how they 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 work. We get that instant feedback, um, you know, that we can visually see and be a part of. Um, but also what's really, really fascinating and one thing that we really take pride in is the amount of support that we offer to our franchise operators and that both myself and the other vice president along with the other district managers are available for everyone in the company to call. We're on call seven days a week, 12 <laughs> hours a day, which is crazy. So I will take calls at 7 p.m. on a Friday night or you know, 8 a.m. on a, a Sunday morning from someone in maybe Manitoba and I'm in Vancouver. Sure. You know, and, and we can help with those questions that they have. So I'm, I'm constantly getting calls from people that sometimes I've only met on Zoom or, you know, have yet to see in the field um, and so on. But also now that I have more time, I also visit other franchise operators across the country that I don't work with personally all the time, but we'll still get to kind of audit or, or visit their sites and, and, and offer any expertise or opinions that I, you know, that I can. Well, that's dedication that you will take those calls um, when you're not really quote working, but I think that's also what makes things work well. Oh, it, and it's so much fun. Again, you know, it, it's, it doesn't feel like work, you know, there you go. and it's just that I have a passion for it. And, you know, knowing that I'm making an impact, you know, in someone's life is, is just so rewarding. So uh, it, it's, and, and again, I'm not, yeah, I don't have to take the call right. at, at all, at all moments, but I, I often find myself wanting to take the calls. Uh, just because, again, the, the, the positivity and the feedback is, is so great. Okay, so, um, oh dear, what did, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I will blank this out because I've just gone completely blank. <clears throat> um, when you are, um, God, just a minute. So Jordan, when you're training people or working with people, see, I, I can tell the intangible that I see in you is that you have a wonderful personality and you like to talk to people. You don't, it's not difficult for you to do that. I, I don't know if you, you can still be an introvert and maybe you are, I don't know, but I think you're comfortable talking to people. And, and I wonder, like, how do you teach that to somebody? Yeah, that's tough. And thank you. Thank you for the, the kind words. I, uh, I do feel somewhat, in, I, I love people. So I guess I'm extroverted in that sense, but I, I definitely am still shy. Um, I don't, I'm not the person to walk into a room where I don't know anyone and just introduce myself. Wait, that's your brother, right? My brother and my dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think my dad sits next to you on the plane and within two minutes, you're already Facebook friends. That's uh, me. Yeah, exactly. Get it. Myself, I, I'm comfortable speaking to people about topics that I'm passionate about or that I know. Um, so business just in general, I, I have a good understanding of and I, and I like to help and I'm always curious and I'm always asking questions and I'm always fascinated by, by just understanding how things work. I probably should have been an engineer, uh, but <laughs> I, I, I do you know, like business. And yeah, it is very challenging to, to teach to people. And I think that that's also one of the things is that 
in business. There's no right way or wrong way. There's maybe some easier ways and, and, and pros and cons to doing things a certain way, but we really just try to uh, pick apart just different people's personalities and who they are and, and then kind of give them tools and resources to leverage just who they are. And, and some of them thrive in, in certain aspects of business and some don't, but uh, the longer they, they do this and the more they come back year after year after year, they get to kind of keep building on those skills and improving and, and, and uh, you know, then they see success and, and everyone sees success differently and everyone judges success differently, but uh, we're really just here to help people grow. Uh, and it's not necessarily just measured by how many dollars they bring in, you know, it, it's just who they were when they started and who they are at the end. Um, and I'm, you know, really, again, proud of where people traditionally go. Do you teach what I call relationship marketing, and, and which I think also combines with customer service, you know, because it's about building relationships and being remembered and you know, building on referrals that way and so on as well. Yeah, no, we, uh, I mean, we're very big on explaining the cost that is associated with finding new clients, right? It's a lot cheaper, you know, and more economical uh, to, to have repeat customers and to build relationships and to push for referrals. So yeah, it's really heavy in, in our, um, in our systems in terms of like clients as well as painters, right? Treat your employees well, get them to network and, and bring on, you know, work with their friends and so on. So you can grow your business uh, so that you're not just paying for ads online and doing countless interviews with random people or, you know, the cold calling is is to supplement the business, but we don't want that to be where it's it's built off of. So um, that's why we give out you know our past client list to our our operators and 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 those that come back for year three, four, five, and six. Um, they have so many you know clients that are calling them for for more work or referring them. Um, we have a lot of our operators, especially now, uh, getting a lot of of really positive reviews and comments and, and, and kind of people advocating for them on like personal and private, like Facebook groups in certain communities and, you know, just sharing the before and after work that they're doing. So it's, it, it's huge. And, you know, we're big on getting feedback from all of our customers so that every job that's completed, you know, we get like a, a one to five star rating. Um, you know, we find out why we, you know, give awards to people who get, you know, X amount of ratings and so on. Um, the ratings actually even like uh, are associated with the painters that work on the jobs. And there's even painters who want to get, you know, five reviews <laughs> on all the jobs so that they care about their work. Um, because again, it's just, it, it's just so much more fun when everyone is just happy and doing a great right. Job. And if everyone's on the same page yeah. and remembers to do that follow up and to show appreciation, then it works, right? Uh, totally. Now you mentioned something um, that I was going to ask you about. One of my favorite words is curiosity. And um, you said that you are naturally curious. Do you believe that curiosity, number one, it's a two part question. Do you believe that curiosity is innate or can be learned? And what are you most curious about? Ooh, great questions. I, I think that I think that some people are maybe innately more curious, but I think it comes down to an awareness and that if you start to really understand why, like the benefits to being curious, then I think people can maybe really kind of take that on and, and start to become more curious. I always asked so many questions growing up and I feel that a lot of the success that I've seen in my career and life has been because I have a lot of the answers and I can help people and I can create more value for people uh, because I was genuinely curious. And, and now that I am aware of that, I'm just constantly wanting to be more and more curious. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of where 
as we start to explain to people the value of like understanding how things are, uh, they naturally do want to become more curious. Okay, that's a good answer. I like it. And um, because you studied business and because uh, entrepreneurship and sort of that personal development piece, I think is is in your blood. Um, who would your mentors be in terms of who did you have you do you read business books or do you read do you read do you listen to books do you watch you know um videos what's your method preferred method of learning and and who would you recommend if if you've read a book recently or i i should read more i'm no 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 there's no shoulds no shoulds i i i read a handful of books, but uh, the circles of, of people that I'm surrounded by, they are much bigger readers than myself. And I think that uh, it's great. Um, there's a lot of value in a lot of the books that I have read. I just personally struggle to sit down and, and read a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I definitely pick the brain of, of many people around me that read a lot. So, you know, I, I totally get the kind of the gist of it, you know, usually just yeah. from the title, you know, kind of makes sense. And and, and a lot of there's a lot of overlap and a lot of business books, but but certain books that really jump out that that I do push um, to to the people that I work with would be stuff like the E Myth mm-hmm. uh, by Michael Gerber, uh, mm-hmm. Four Hour Work Week. Uh, uh, yes, that I just ordered that I should have read a long time ago is the Compound Effect. Oh uh, yes, I've read that. That's good. Yeah. So there's there's some, but I'm I'm more of a uh, talking to people. You know, under I read a lot of blogs online. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. I'm you know, always just curious to see like what businesses exist. You know, I subscribe to like BC business and I'm always reading, you know, about founders and stuff and then podcasts, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, well, see, that's the same as reading. Shark Tank, you know, I think, I, I don't think I've ever <gasps> missed an episode of either of those. Uh, I love Shark Tank. It's what yeah. I just love it to death. It's it's so to, to understand business and, and uh, you know, obviously listening and following along with the sharks and the, you know, they're, they're successful entrepreneurs and, um, their advice is is great, and 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 being able to kind of sometimes even uh, offer the advice before they mention it on the show, you know, it, it's yeah. kind of fun to to kind of play along and, and oh, see. see that for me, that's Jeopardy. I like okay. to answer the questions on Jeopardy, but I do love Shark Tank for sure. Um, all right, I want to ask you just briefly about your um, business coaching for others and bespoke. Now, there, I remember a company called Bespoke. Uh, that did online. You bought suits online. Oh, now, fun. It, it's not the same one. <laughs> no. Okay. No. It's, it's funny because, and it was here. It was in Vancouver. Okay. No, don't know. And they made them overseas, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, that's such an interesting word. I have a client who's a mortgage broker or two in Toronto and their company is called Bespoke, yeah. right? And it's an, kind of an old fashioned word. Yeah, there's a decor company in Vancouver, Bespoke Decor. They do a lot of event rentals. Oh, okay. It's just about that customization. Exactly. And... Yeah. So tell me about that. Yeah. So that was a venture that was started about uh, two and a half years ago with um, an alumni or an ex-franchisee of StudentWorks that oh. I, I worked with. And, uh, you know, I feel a lot of people come into StudentWorks and then when they leave, they get the entrepreneurial bug and they start something new. Uh, so he kind of brought me on as a, a bit of a partner slash kind of consultant or coach. Um, to help get that off the ground. And that essentially is a clothing company uh, where it's more, we don't have a storefront. We come to you, services, everything, um, quality of the materials. So we come to you, bring all the fabrics and then help, you know, we measure you up and then help design all the pieces. And then we deliver it, you know, about a month later. Uh, And that's from 
shirts, suits, coats. Uh, and uh, again, quality and service is, is everything in that. So where we're at now is it's still early stages and, and COVID really did slow us down. Just mm. people not needing, you know, work attire, uh, weddings, right. and events getting canceled, um, as well as because it's all in-person measuring, we had to stop for, you know, four or five months just to yeah. see how things go. Um, yeah. But it's, it's starting to pick up. And, uh, you know, the, a lot of our business on that is repeat customers and referrals. Um, it's it's Is it just male or male and female. Uh, it's predominantly male. We are slowly trying to branch into to female. We we did um, a suit for for one of the women that works with us, um, and it was awesome. But it's uh, I think women's clothing is just so crazy there's just so many options men it's very simple so yeah. it's, it's a lot easier to um to do that but i think yeah the, the goal would be to eventually offer it for both um but we do get a lot of just um uh, people you know of both genders wanting kind of unisex clothing you know just hey, I want it to just fit this way, you know, or I want a piece made out of this and I don't care, you know, like that's the thing is none of our stuff has tags. It's not men or women or male or female okay. or, or sizing. It's just custom how you want it. Well, and the key with custom tailoring, my, I grew up in the clothing industry. My father was in the clothing industry, manufacturing. And the key is definitely how you measure, right? Mm -hmm. You have to measure. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, you, you see these, um, people that, you know, they going to alter something that you have on and they put one pin in it. I'm like, how did they know? You know? Well, and that's, and that's, you know, a big thing with a lot of our competition is a lot of, there's a lot of other, you know, made to measure type right. styles, but a lot of them are, we call them, they're not made to measure, they're altered to fit, you know, it's, they, they pull it off the rack and they wow. just kind yeah. of adjust it. It's not made for you. It's made for a mannequin and then they yes. tweak it to kind of fit you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a major difference for sure. Yeah. So um, if you were to uh, give one piece of advice to um, a, an audience of entrepreneurs and male and female, and maybe uh, one, the, the biggest lesson that you've learned in entrepreneurship, what could you think of something off the top of your head? Ooh. There's a lot. <laughs> business. All right, I'll give you three then. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fair. No, I, I think the biggest one, I, and I've talked about this a lot, and this kind of just been the big thing is, is just that, that awareness, right? Just the be curious, um, you know, and that's about everything, right? Why, why an interaction with a customer went a certain way, why something with a, an employee went a certain way, why you, you know, why when something happened, you felt a certain way, you know, just asking and, and, and then kind of probing and, and having that discussion with other people to say like, is this the only way that it can be and, and, and why, right? It's just like, again, that curiosity is, is huge. I think that's the learning experience period, right? Because if you ask, why did it go that way? And it wasn't the right way or what was perceived to be the right way, then how can I make it better next time? And what did I learn from it, right? So absolutely, I think that's really, really good advice. And probably a good note to say thank you at this point, unless you have one more piece you want to share. Oh, with I'm good. Yeah. Thanks okay. for having me. So is this the time of year? Let's see We're we're in uh, September. So you're getting people set up or starting to get people for next year. Correct? correct. Yeah. This is our, from September to November is where we do our recruiting, uh, where we're trying to fill the spots of people that didn't return. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have about, I'd say 60, 70% of people returning every year. Uh, and then 
30. Yeah. And I mean, we, we have a lot of people that leave because they've done this for five years, for four years, for three years. And then those that it just wasn't a good fit or they just want to try another opportunity or a co-op or they want to travel. Um, so there's just, you know, a variety of things that, that people can do. So yeah, September to November, we are constantly just looking for people that want to work for the kind of essentially summer. Uh, so summer of of next year yeah. and we're just doing countless information sessions to again set those expectations right we don't let anyone apply for this until they've actually heard everything they need to know about it so they know exactly what they'd be getting themselves into because it is a ton of work uh, again incredibly rewarding for most um, but it, it's not for everyone and uh, we have just way better results when people come into it knowing exactly what it is. I did actually, now you see, it made me want to ask another question because I did hear you say on another interview that um, it is hard work for sure. And so uh, they have to be hungry enough, I would think, right? They need the money. Yeah, I mean, we, we are very big on goal setting. Um, so we do sit down with everyone and kind of map out because everyone comes into this with a unique situation. So it's how much school do you have right now? Are you in school? And then we break it down with how much money do you want to make and why, you know, because if someone just says, I want to make $50,000, but they only need to live off of 20, well, will they really go work those extra hours and put the time into learning the material to mm -hmm. that? Or will they just give up once they've made 30, right? Uh, and we're really big on, on hitting goals. So okay. you know, some people come into this with way lower goals than others. So we really kind of create this like, um, you know, unique plan for each person and then help them achieve their own plan, right? So uh, I guess the, the hunger levels differ uh, okay. amongst the people that are doing this. Yeah, something for everybody then. Mm -hmm. So Jordan, um, I'm guessing people can find you on LinkedIn. Yep. Jordan Fitness is, is uh, not a, a common name. Nope. So they'll find you on, I've got, I'll put it in the show notes and I, I can put your email address as well if they're sure. interested in, in um, looking at student works painting as a summer career because it, it, it's, it is a summer career. It's not a summer job. It could be a it's, right, the yeah. four-year four plan or whatever. Well, and I and think our, our average operators are earning between twenty-five and forty thousand in, in a summer. Nice. While you're in school, so very nice. Yeah, um, you're a delight. Thank, Thank you. you for being on my podcast. My, my pleasure. And I wish you well with this and all your ventures because I know you're going to have way more Thank you. Uh, as the years go on. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. And to my to my audience, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please um, connect with Jordan and tell him and leave a review. We love to hear more about what uh, we're doing on Relationships Rule and what you like and what you don't like. So thank you so much. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. 
And remember to stay connected and be remembered.